enough to recognize what Beijing had done to support the euro during the euro crisis of 2009 through 11, when the European common currency became the target of speculative attacks, mainly stemming from Wall Street-based banks and hedge funds. At the time, Chinese leaders intervened on various occasions to reassure the financial markets by buying eurozone bonds. Europe's decision to support the renminbi's inclusion in the IMF's currency basket was also taken in defiance of Washington, which had argued for years that the Chinese currency should be included in the SDR only if China opened its capital account, meaning it would allow companies, individuals, and banks to move money without overbearing rules and government approvals, let its currency float freely, and loosen government control over its central bank. None of this has happened. But Europe believed that including the renminbi would encourage China to liberalize its capital account further. Today, the old continent is home to the largest number of renminbi bank clearings or offshore hubs where the Chinese currency can be traded. The fact that offshore renminbi hubs have also emerged in Budapest, Frankfurt, Luxembourg City, Madrid, Milan, Paris, and Prague indicates Europe's willingness to promote the use of the Chinese currency. In the same vein, most of Europe's central banks have accepted or are considering accepting China's currency as a viable reserve. Although London is currently the most important offshore market for renminbi trading, once the United Kingdom leaves the EU, significant shares of renminbi trading in London will most likely move to the continent, in places such as Paris, Frankfurt, and Luxembourg, thus strengthening the China-EU monetary axis even more. Trade and the Problem with Reciprocity when it comes to trade, relations between China and the EU have been more rocky, although Trump's derision of global trade certainly provides an opening. Between 2002 and 2016, total EU-China trade has risen dramatically, from 125 billion euros to roughly 515 billion euros. Today, China and the EU trade more than 1.5 billion euros in goods each day, and total bilateral trade in 2016 was 514.6 billion euros, according to the European Commission, nearly equivalent to what China exchanges with the United States. In fact, the EU is now China's most important trading partner, although China ranks number two for the EU after the United States. In addition to buoyant commercial relations, Beijing is trying to charm Europe through investments, Europe is now the top designation for Chinese foreign investments, surpassing the United States. According to the China Global Investment Tracker, a joint project of the American Enterprise Institute and the Heritage Foundation, China invested nearly $164 billion in Europe between 2005 and 2016. During that same period, it invested $103 billion in the United States. That said, the European Parliament and a number of EU member states have increased their criticisms of China's lack of reciprocity. China restricts foreign investment in its domestic market for almost all sectors, with limited openings in banking and finance. European businesses consistently face difficulties in entering the market, while Chinese companies often receive help from the government through subsidies or simpler procedures, for example. Big government contracts are routinely awarded to Chinese companies. Foreign companies, meanwhile, particularly those with recognized brands and technologically advanced products, are required to share their expertise before they are allowed into the market at all. This has triggered a debate about the growing imbalances between Europe and China. In February, France, Germany, and Italy asked the European Commission to rethink the rules on foreign investment in the European Union. 
It was a message to Beijing about opening up access to its markets. At the time when the two sides are negotiating a bilateral investment treaty, which is meant to address the question of reciprocity. Progress on the treaty has stalled, however, owing to China's reluctance to remove non-tariff barriers in a range of sectors that are of interest to European businesses. Furthermore, the EU is unwilling to grant market economy status to China. Should they reach an agreement on these issues, however, there would be a significant boost to Sino-European trade and investment at the expense of other important players, most notably the United States, which would likely receive less inbound investments from China. At the EU-China summit, leaders of the two sides failed to deliver a final joint communique because of a disagreement over reducing global steel production. China's annual steel output is almost double the EU's, and the European Commission maintains that Chinese steel exports are damaging Europe's steel sector by putting tens of thousands of...